This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. Stop me if you've heard this. It's the year before a presidential election. There's this rich guy. He owns a big company that everybody knows. Millions of people use that company's products every day. He's been successful for a couple of decades now, and he feels like he's got some answers for this country's problems. Answers that are better than the ones that are coming out of the two major political parties. And he feels like what America needs is for him, this guy who built this familiar, successful company, America needs him to run for president. America needs Henry Ford. Who'd you think I meant? June 12th, 1923. Word is coming out of Detroit that the richest man in the world is looking to disrupt politics. He'd been asked if he intended to run for president, and he said, No, sir, I do not. There will be four tickets in the 1924 election, Republican, Democrat, a third-party ticket, and the Henry Ford Independent ticket. No candidate is likely to get a majority of the electoral vote, and the election probably will be thrown into the House of Representatives. Doesn't that sound exciting? Ford's politics weren't entirely clear. Both the Republicans and the Democrats tried to draft him to run for office. But either way, he was a really popular guy. He came after the robber barons of the late 19th century, and he was kind of a new breed, the people's tycoon. He hated unions, but he paid high wages. He made a product, the Model T, that was meant for farmers and working people to be able to afford. The idea of Henry Ford as president was not new. He'd won the Republican presidential primary in Michigan in 1916. He hadn't run, but he'd won anyway. The reason people were thinking of him as a politician in those days was that he was campaigning hard for peace. He was a pacifist. So when the Great War broke out in 1914, World War I, he didn't just want the U.S. to stay out of it. He sponsored a peace ship, a delegation of activists to sail to Europe in 1915 and somehow get the countries fighting in the war to have a peace conference. The peace ship is a whole story on its own, but here's the short version. It was a fiasco. But it didn't stop Ford from accidentally winning the Michigan primary the next year. His next political move was to run for the Senate in 1918. He was a supporter of President Woodrow Wilson, and Wilson asked him to run to help tip the balance in support of his League of Nations proposal. So Ford ran as a Democrat. He also ran as a Republican. And he didn't campaign. He figured he was so popular, the people of Michigan would just make him senator by proclamation. He was offended, like literally personally offended, when he lost the Republican primary to Truman Newberry, who was an old-style industrialist, not a man of the people like Ford. 
And worse than that, he was an investor in a luxury car, the Packard. Neither man campaigned. Ford was shy and taciturn and hated talking to people. Newberry was on active duty as a Navy officer. But still, through surrogates and campaign literature, it was a nasty campaign. Ford pioneered opposition research. He hired detectives to sniff out violations of these new things called campaign finance laws. Newberry beat Ford in the general election. It was close. But those detectives had found some violations. And Newberry had to go to the Supreme Court to fight off the charges that resulted. They were still recounting votes three years after the election. It's been 101 years now. Henry Ford still hasn't conceded. Now, in 1923, it appeared he was through with both parties, and he was going to run as that most independent of independents, as the candidate of not just an independent party, but the Henry Ford Independent Party. He had some real drawbacks as a candidate. Aside from being a disagreeable guy who didn't do well in front of crowds, he didn't really have a platform. He just thought he should be put in charge. He'd figure out how things should go. Because he was super smart, and hadn't he built a successful business? Say, this is starting to sound like another recent presidential candidate. But he didn't want to campaign. He was just like, no, really, put me in charge. I'll wait here while you decide. One view that Ford did clearly have was anti-Semitism. When that long-awaited recount in the senatorial race didn't go his way, he blamed a Jewish plot. He may have been the people's tycoon, but he also managed to be the only American singled out for praise in Mein Kampf. Ford never did make a serious run at the presidency. The landscape changed quite a bit later in 1923 when President Warren G. Harding died and Vice President Calvin Coolidge took office. Ford threw his support behind Coolidge, who was re-elected. And the political career of the people's tycoon was over. Not Your Century is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this show, we'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review. For great journalism today, consider subscribing to the San Francisco Chronicle, which you can do in both paper and digital form by going to sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Some music in this episode is by Kevin McLeod, used under a Creative Commons attribution license. His music is at incompetech.com. Historical research by Libby Coleman. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.